Okay, so this video is a little late because I am still in America and yesterday was July 4th and I celebrated July 4th for, I think, the first time in 10 years, something like that. Um, I didn't even see any fireworks, so it wasn't the most uh y celebration that I've ever had. That's a thing, right? You say forthy. We've been talking about the evangelical movement, um, which is most of what Dallas Willard has in mind when he's thinking about the theological right, which is interesting. It's not the only theological right group that you could talk about, but it's the one that was most relevant for him in his context in the 20th century American scene. Now, I've raised some questions about whether that doesn't date his book a little bit, but we're going to try to bring it all home today talking about Abraham. Hello everybody, welcome to the Sanctus Forum. My name is Michael Robb. Today we'll be talking about... What are you going to be talking about, huh? Sanctus stuff. Trying to do my job? <laughs> Get out of here. That's Lieutenant Dan, my Captain, little brother. Captain Daniel Rob. Captain Dan? Coast Guard, right? Coast Guard. He was a lieutenant in the Coast Guard. <laughs> I think it's the Marines. We're looking into it. I'm Michael Stewart Raw, better known as Mike, and this is Conspiracy Commentaries, talking about Dallas Willard's The Divine Conspiracy. I still don't have a book. I'm still using my iPad, reading a digital version. We're in quite a big section here, recalling Abraham's faith and righteousness. Um, way more pages than I can talk about in this video, so... I don't know. The first thing I really want to highlight is um, for me on page 48, just uh, down at the bottom, um, he says, what must be emphasized in all of this is the difference between trusting Christ, the real person Jesus, with all that that naturally involves, and naturally is a very important word there, versus trusting some arrangement for sin remission set up through him trusting only his role as guilt remover. Dallas gets this kind of thinking from all of his study in phenomenology, so comparing what it means to think or believe in a certain way with another way of thinking and believing and the sorts of actions and relations to the real world that come from that. Um, way too much to get into than um, I have time to do here, but I just wanna point out how He's setting up a contrast between trusting a person and the barcode faith that we've talked about in previous times. Trusting a person has causes and effects that are natural, and the barcode thing um, has causes and effects that are sort of set up by God. It's um, occasionalism, which is a term that I've used in previous videos. Go look it up if you really want to know what it means. But the second thing I want to point out refers to 
salvation as understood by Dallas Willard. Um, he says at one point he calls it a much more positive reality than mere reconciliation. And that's really worth thinking about if you're in church, whether mere reconciliation is what's being talked about or whether you have a much more positive reality with reconciliation included as an important piece of that entire puzzle. And this is where Abraham is the paradigm. Abraham's story, biblically, not only just there in Genesis, but also as he becomes a theme throughout the scriptures, it's a story of salvation that involves far more than mere reconciliation. But I think a lot of us think about Abraham, we think about faith, and we should think about faith, and we think about, well, the important thing about Abraham is that he believed, but we forget about all those other little pieces, like that Abraham just trusted God. He didn't trust a certain theory of the atonement. And what Abraham thought that he was getting out of trusting God is an ancestor. and the possibility that his ancestors would continue to have some sort of position in the world long after he died. He's, he's actually not very clued into the whole picture of salvation which God is offering to his people. But the main bit is there and that's the very important thing that you really can't get out of this section without noticing here. Um, Dallas says, the issue, he highlights, italicizes, the, the issue is whether we are alive to God or dead to him. And Abraham was a person who was alive to God. And that's something, if you could have put it in language that he understood, he would get that. Yeah, I, I interact with God. I'm on his side. He's on my side. We work together. We're friends. And I'm not dead to him, which is the other alternative. So this for Dallas, the issue. Abraham is a person who is alive to God and the offer of salvation to everybody is the opportunity to be alive with God and interact with him now and going forward throughout eternity. Now what Dallas doesn't explain very well and I don't know that he should have but it just doesn't come out in a little book like this and I call it a little book but because if you compare it to other theological books they can be quite dense and quite big, but what he doesn't explain very well is the difference between salvation for Abraham, at least how it um, was presented to him and what he was thinking, and the salvation for people who listen to Jesus. Um, so Abraham, to begin with, doesn't really understand almost anything about how God rules over created life. He doesn't know how Jesus fits in. He doesn't know how the Trinity fits in. Abraham also doesn't know the details about his own future. He doesn't know anything more than, well, it's going to involve a male ancestor and anything else. So heaven, what happens to him after, his, after he dies, how much God is going to be involved in his life. It's just all kind of a mystery. For him. And this is really quite interesting to me. There are no mediators in his story, no priests, there's no church, there's no people of Israel, nobody that um, stands between him and God as a sort of third party to help negotiate this 
relationship. And that's a big difference when you come along and you get to Jesus's listeners who not only have Jesus to deal with as a mediator, but they have um, their own people and their own history. They have things like the scriptures that they are dealing with. So all of these things just make huge differences between Abraham and Jesus's first listeners. And it's an interesting question. Um, why things keep changing? Why not just keep things on the level of Abraham throughout history and just have God talk to people directly and, um, you know, offer them things like male ancestors or whatever they think would be helpful for their life. And uh, then they can be friends with God and go on from there. But I think the really important thing to get out of this is Abraham doesn't have to know how it all works. And that's the beauty of this is that Abraham just has to trust God as a person who comes to him and wants to interact with him. He doesn't have to have it all worked out in terms of the details and neither do we. We have more access to the details and that is actually our benefit and blessing, but we don't really have to have them down well. We just have to interact with the person who is coming to us and put our trust in that person, Jesus Christ, or the God who Jesus Christ is representing. Let me know if you've been able to make sense of this part of the book, what he's trying to do with Abraham, and uh, put that in the comments. Thanks for adding comments and thanks for subscribing um, if you haven't subscribed. And there is a newsletter, an almost monthly newsletter for Sanctus. You can find it on our website, sanctus.institute, and then you'll find out about things like why I'm in Ohio, as well as what other sorts of things the Sanctus Institute actually does uh, in Europe. But I'll see you in that newsletter or in the next video. Bye.